Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. We're going to share a treat heading through the New Year's weekend of re-releasing some of our favorite podcasts from 2018. Please enjoy them, revving up through New Year's Day. And right after that, very excited to be sharing with you Siddhartha Kosla, who is creating original scores for not just This Is Us, but several other television shows at the same time. But while we're waiting for that release of our new podcast, please enjoy some of our gems from 2018. I have been pursuing Michelle Tharp to be on this podcast for about a year now. We run into each other all the time at things like SF Music Tech, and I enjoy her point of view. She's had a great time as a consultant, taking a look at anything from working with NPR stations to build out View House on the marketing side to helping a company work with next generation content management systems in virtual reality for music. Please enjoy my conversation, a little bit punchy at times, with Michelle on Skype in January of 2018. I'm so appreciative that you're doing this. I know that I, <laughs> I, I, I jumped on you at uh, SF Music Tech a couple times going, hey, will you be on the podcast? And oh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, but it's been nice getting to know you at SF Music Tech. You're really in two organizations. Well, I'm a uh, I'm a consultant. Um, I so, like that job title. It's such a big amorphous job title nowadays. Well, and it it actually is because when people hire you as a consultant, they say, "I want this," and then when you get in there, it, it's it's amazing how you end up doing that. <laughs> and so you kind of, you know, you, you jump into the organization, you learn about what's going on, and you end up doing something completely, almost a lot of the times, completely different or in a different direction than what was originally intended. Because a lot of people know that they need help, or they know that they want help, and they think they want it in this area. But then once you start to get in and learn about things and, and bring your knowledge to the table, you find out, you know what, you probably need more of this instead. And then we work it out. And so, yeah, um, consulting is definitely, it can take you in a lot of different directions. Um, and it can take you into a lot of amazing um, companies and even a lot of great individuals with big ideas and passions. And um, so basically what I primarily do is I help, I've been helping a lot of um, spending my last time with startups and individuals who have ideas or a service or a campaign or a project that they want to get started. I help them get a foothold in the industry or it's, it's a fairly new project um, or company and I help them expand their footprint. How long have you been consulting? I've been doing this on and off probably for about eight years. And before that? I started in radio many, many years ago um, as a promotional director, and then I've kind of worked my way through the labels a little bit, and then I started working with a media consulting firm 
in Denver, Colorado, and we spent a lot of time working with radio stations and whatnot. And that's kind of where I got into the consulting piece and research and working with a lot of different um, media organizations there. And then when I came to the Bay Area, I just kind of kept kept that going. So it's a lot of fun and it keeps things interesting. <laughs> so what is your own consultancy called? Michelle Tharp Consultancy. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> it's my name. Most of my uh, work comes through word of mouth and or I'm at conferences or whatnot. And so I kind of pull in my um, services that way. But I'm working with two um, projects, like I think you mentioned, two um, really exciting projects that I've been on for a couple years now. One is View House, which is a nonprofit uh, collaboration between about 20 public radio music stations from across the country. We started out as a, a video platform to introduce new emerging artists, and now it's kind of grown into more of a network of stations that um, are now working together to introduce and support emerging artists. So it's going beyond video now into events and campaigns and um, all those kinds of things. But what's really been great about that project is you're actually seeing radio stations from all over with different types of people and goals, and they're, they're all working together on common missions. So it's it's been really um an interesting thing to watch and see emerge and I'm still involved with them right now. So that's really good. We just launched a campaign with NPR music called slingshot, which is a emerging artist accelerator helping, um, identifying emerging artists throughout 2018. The term accelerator right between that and incubator uh, and <laughs> lab lab too. What then is an accelerator for artists and why is this needed in this day and age? We're calling it an accelerator because a lot of these artists, at least through the public radio system, would get exposure with a lot of these stations. Um, what we're finding is if we run them through more of a, um, a unified collaboration or a unified effort, that they're getting to the next level faster. Okay. So they're getting on Colbert quicker. They're getting on whether, you know, Spotify playlist faster, you know, or whatever it is. And it's because of this collective effort that's happening behind the scenes at public radio that we're trying to, you know, push these artists further. So you said two organizations. Well, so View yeah. House and the other one that I'm working with is Acid VR which is a pre-startup-ish um, company that's a video distri distribution platform for 360 video. In VR, I'm spending time, or the center is spending time in the VR space, VR, AR, mixed reality, whatever you want to call it. There is a little bit of a people having their hackles up about 360s being called VR. Right. So this is doing 360s. And for people yes. who don't know what the heck a 360 is, we've had a few other people talking about this stuff, but is a 360 degree video recording of a performance, music video, or whatnot, yes. which is usually a really big file and you've got to stitch cameras together and try to make sure that you're not seeing all the wires and cords and cameras and microphones. Yes, to an extent. So the 360 video, and right now they have, there's actually a lot of new 
cameras out there that you don't need to have. Um, they stitch their own. They stitch their own. They're one camera. It's not like the the original GoPro where you had six and you had to turn them all on at the same time and hope that they all stick together. Um, there's definitely new cameras coming out every day that anybody can use. And Acid VR's approach is to first get um, people using the cameras and getting used to shooting in the 360 kind of mode. And we went with 360 because VR is definitely the bigger production. It's definitely a little more immersive. And people just aren't, at least what we're seeing, is they're just not ready for that yet. 360 is kind of like the baby step in. We support 360. We support VR and then we also support 360 photos. So it's basically creating a platform that artists and managers can use to distribute this content out into the social world, out into the digital world. So it's it's a CMS-type platform. But the, what we're finding and probably most I'm people... I'm going to stop you a second. So CMS is a... Content management. So not everybody knows. Some people are incredibly sophisticated who listen, right. and some people are going, "What's CMS?" And still sophisticated content people management. may not know. So where you put all of the content so that it's sitting on someone's servers for being able to be then shared wherever it's being shared. Yes, yes. And so Acid VR built their own CMS platform, cool. and the platform then allows you to share to various social. Platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you can embed it on your site, and then um, we'll give you analytics on the back end on how people are using your videos, and we'll be that, that way you'll be able to make you know decisions on how to make more videos and content, but also where people are sitting and hanging out. And we're trying to also see what kind of engagement a 360 video has versus a 2D video which is your basic flat video that you see now. And we're start, starting to build different case studies and following how this is happening and how users are using it. Um, again, it's still pretty early, but we're, we're working with artists and managers to help us. You know, the biggest challenge is it's a new technology. There's not a lot of content. There's not a lot of users. And it's new. So you kind of have a you got to just work through finding some folks that are willing to take a chance and do some things with it. We have some really fun bands that are out there recording and, and it's great because they are creatives and they're coming up with really some fun stuff. You know, we're building the platform on the back end to help them get that stuff out there. And that it's, includes doing ad placements in it or what's happening in terms of. We haven't gone that far yet, um, but it's definitely in the plan down the in the future. So you have been in this interesting space of traditional music, new technologies in music, marketing in music, artist development <laughs> in video and audio. So you've had a interesting set of positions you've pulled together as an independent consultant. Yes. And again, coming in, you, you get hired to do something and then you end up somewhere else. And, and it's great. I, definitely love that but it also gives you perspective on how many different opportunities and ways and places to be in this um, business music is everywhere and it's distributed everywhere and it's consumed everywhere 
I think it's a very exciting time for music. So this is ostensibly a podcast about innovation in music. <laughs> for, for you, what the heck is innovation? <laughs> when I think about innovation, I think about somebody creating a better way to do something, either something they're passionate about or there's an inner desire to make a change to make it better. I think there can be different forms of innovation, tech development platforms, but I also think there should be, I see innovation also in the form of way, new ways of thinking, new ways of doing business or mindsets. But what do you think of when you say that new mindsets, what are the new mindsets that work with innovation? Well, for example, um, talking about the radio stations that I've been working with in Viewhouse. These are individual stations in different cities across the country. They are now thinking and talking about working together, supporting each other, doing events together, collaborating, sharing ideas, all for a common goal. And this is something new specifically for radio. Usually you're, you know, you do your own thing and you focus on your own stuff and that's it. You know, you're in your own world. And to start seeing this collaboration across the country working together, I think that's a, that's a shift. I think that's a, it's a pretty cool thing that's happening. I think that collaborating in general, there are a lot of ways that people consume music out there. And I think start thinking about how these folks are consuming, but how are you going to make it a bigger how are you going to break through the clutter? I think that there's a lot of potential opportunity of creating experiences that go beyond the piece of music. And I think that's a shift in thinking. In, in many ways that business could have been done differently before in a lot of these instances, but there's been a trigger or there's been data or there's been visibility or I would assume for a lot of the viewhouse stations that most of them are not local anymore, that they really have a visibility that's way beyond their local uh, market area. And so they've, they've learned to learn from each other, but the technology kind of boosted them over the top? Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, you're probably familiar with KCRW in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They're... They're well, they're well known all over the country. KEXP in Seattle, WFUV in New York. These are big powerhouse stations, and they definitely are thinking bigger. They're thinking globally. They're thinking, but they also do care about the local and what's happening. And so they have to walk that line of what's happening in their market and being present there, but also knowing that they can, they can also make a foothold on a, on a bigger scale. So you've pointed out quite a few radio stations and a soon to be out of out of beta uh, or out to be out of beta company that are being innovators around music. What are their challenges that you've seen? What are the challenges of being an innovator in music? I think it's being where the consumer is and and doing it effectively. <laughs> the consumer is is jumping around, they're on different platforms, they're consuming music in all these different ways, which I've mentioned before. And how do you put yourself in those places in an effective way? How do you make a difference in those places? 
and that's I think it's a challenge. It also is a it's a it's a challenge for time and it's a challenge for space. You know, how much time do you spend in these in these locations and how many how do you manage that? How do you manage the workflow of trying to be everywhere all the time? And I think that's it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge for the user to be everywhere all the time. And then you you know, as an entity or a brand doing the same thing, you just have to be really aware of what's happening around you and then also making sure you're doing it effectively that is best for you because it's going to be different for everybody and what their focus is on. I think workflow and time spent on this stuff, it's really hard. And a lot of people may not appreciate the workflow side of this. We've talked to artists, we've talked to management folks, we've talked to technologies, but actually getting the content from the raw material to the right places with the right metadata mm-hmm. and getting the right data back and figuring out what the heck actually happened and making the next set of choices is a, and storing the darn stuff is, is all really interesting challenges that the underbelly of all this is, is sort of being reinvented. Right. And it's, I think that's what everybody's facing right now. And where do, where do I spend my time? Where do I, where are my, you know, top four areas that I need to be at? Because everyone is telling you, you need to be here, 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 and here, you know, and making those analysis and deciding, yes, I should be here and here, maybe not here. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes time. And trial and error, you got to test things out and you got to see if it works and do it a couple times and see, because sometimes it might work for one thing and it might not work for another. And it's, it's just, it's an interesting time because of all the distractions and all the different places to be. And things are moving and continuing to move. And changing and new stuff's coming out today as we speak. <laughs> you know, you got to jump. What's that about? And deciding, you know, should I, should I even look into that or do I need, and that's the new, when you have something new coming out, which I'm finding, you know, when you find when you work with startups or, or innovators, you know, they, they have a new, you know, thingy-me-jiggy coming out into the market. You know, how do you get the people to jump on board? How do you get people to take a chance and, and test it out? Or even notice. It, or even notice. Correct. It's, it's very hard to get noticed and get tested. And then once you are tested, how do they stick with you? Why do they stick with you? It's a constant moving battle. With the, with the players changing and the area changing and the turf changing. Mm-hmm. So you've done a lot of things with these companies. So this might be maybe from more than one perspective. What's been your biggest surprise in working in these areas of innovation in music? What I, I'm going to kind of go off subject a little bit. What, I, what I'm finding interesting is... As music is consumed on all these different means, um, streaming, TV commercials, even TV shows, gaming platforms, radio, you know, your, your iPhone, however you want to get it, I feel that the younger generation is starting to not value music the way it's been done in the past. It has been valued in the past. And so... That concerns me a little bit because I think... 
I mean, let me ask you a question on that. So not value, like take it for granted that of course it will be everywhere, everyone, yes. or that they don't. And they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to. And that that's always been the longstanding, you know, artists aren't getting paid. The music's not being valued. But I also think it, that they're taking it granted that it is going to be everywhere. And I, I expect it to be everywhere. So how, what is the challenge then for an artist, for someone who's putting out a new single, putting out a new song, how do they keep, stay relevant? Mm-hmm. How do they break through the clutter, which we use that a lot, but you, the way the young generation just switches and moves and, and is very fluid and, and randomly goes where they think they should go. It's, I think it's, I don't know if kids are as loyal as they used to be to their music. And so the artist needs to really think about when they're, putting something out there what else can i do to keep my fan that the younger generation is not valuing music the way it's been valued in the past and so how as an industry do we elevate the value of music to these folks now you're thinking the value of music as a whole or for an individual artist i think as a whole now that i'm thinking about it more because in some cases, I'm seeing a much deeper relationship and passion and identification with individual artists and a willingness to spend a lot of money on their smartphone, but not necessarily in the content that peeps out of it. But at the same time, willing in many cases to go to live performances and have a live experience. Are, are we kind of skipping over this interesting role that video is having in kind of marketing the live experience, but the recording is then more of a pass through. But it's interesting because you're working with public radio, which is having similar issues and yet in many cases thriving even more where people are finding identification with their local public radio station. And, and it sounds like they're working from, you know, I, I'm a fan of what Viewhouse has been doing because in many ways these were relationships that the radio stations already had locally and were already having live performances locally and turning yep. that into new assets. And now it looks like thinking about more than the music also, yes. thinking about how to create environments and relationships and nurturing artists' right. careers. And, I mean, in many ways, we've got almost a velocity issue, the velocity of artists coming through the pipeline and the velocity of music coming in. It's not just clutter, it's speed. And the yes. and everyone trying to fit in the doorways. So it, it's interesting when you're working with new projects that are attempting to find new engagement, that the old is still there. And there's still a there's almost I shouldn't say no barriers to entry, totally different barriers to entry now that the new technologies and new innovations in some ways are shuffling decks and making us think about things in different ways. But the concept that I'm going to spend money on a recorded piece of music, though interesting vinyl continues to grow, mm-hmm. but and, and cassettes, cassettes growing and we want stuff again. Um, at CES, I saw the Victrola people now or whoever now owns the Victrola right. name having all of these physical funky, old-fashioned, or new-fashioned, new-fangled physical playback devices. 
they were, were sort of back into having this interesting relationship with music, that it's diversifying, that it's live and it's local and it's YouTube and it's Vivo videos and now videos with View House and relationships that we've kind of broken beyond the song. Right. It has. Surprises are that there, everything's a surprise or that nothing's a surprise? <laughs> I think or, everything's a surprise. Or, or surprising that everybody's still figuring everything out, that there's new directions and dimensions going on. It, it, to me, it's interesting. The more people I work with, the more that I know they're seeing the same music business that I am, but they're seeing it from a totally different place. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this, that's the mind shift. That's the mindset mm-hmm. that's changing. It's not the same, you know, you release a record and then you go, you tour and then you release another record and you tour, you know, you're doing, you know, the artist is doing way more than they, I think they've done in the past. And their teams are becoming content machines. Yes. The teams are content machines. It's all about the content and it's, you know, where are you placing it? I think mm-hmm. audiences are bigger for the artist and, and they're located in much bigger places. So you have to touch them in all these different places to make sure you're hitting everybody that you need to be hitting. And in order to do that, you have to create all these different types of content to make sure that your exposure is maximizing this audience. And you're seeing globally. So that actually creates the opportunity for public radio in the U.S. And I'm assuming connecting with public radio or the equivalent of public radio in other countries as well as some of this stuff. I know a lot of the radio stations, the public radio stations, they go abroad to different festivals in Europe and Iceland and different places. And they, they definitely participate in what's happening over there and bring content back. So these stations are actually expanding globally by participating in events over there. And yet radio continues to sort of have different ways that it's trying to find its relevance in the world. And I think that's why the collaboration of, of View House is, may, is, is very interesting and, and it's interesting to the stations themselves, but also to um, others is the stations are finding a way to make themselves relevant. And it's by connecting with others and it's that community of we're all in this and we're all doing the same thing. You know, what, what's happening in L.A., what's happening in Austin, and then, you know, sharing those stories and, and bringing that audience to each other. Mm-hmm. You've been seeing lots of innovations from your various points of view with the companies you're working with. What do you see as new innovations coming up the pike or ones that you think need to happen? Music is very emotional and personal, and with all the multitudes of ways to consume it, I feel that we need to start focusing on creating more unique experiences with the music, with the artists, start focusing on getting behind the wall or beyond what the, just the release of a song is, which I think is happening right now. And that's why we're seeing all this all these different technologies, you're starting to see 360 and AR and VR, Facebook Live, you know, being with the artist wherever they're at. I think all this stuff is starting to support that creating that experience for the, the listener, the user. 
creating a better way to build that relationship with the fan. And so I feel that there needs to be, that needs to be amplified. I feel like that needs to continue to grow and be refined and become more prominent and just being pushed music than just pushing music out. So are there any technologies or other things that you see um, changing music that you're excited about or intrigued about? I uh, There's a couple areas that I'm starting, I really like to start paying attention to more and I would like to see where they actually go. Um, one is the the introduction and adoption of the smart speaker. How is that going to change listening in the home, in the office, wherever you're at, when you can talk to Alexa and say, you know, how's that going to change things? I I don't know. She misunderstands me a lot. (laughs) So, yeah. So, but people are buying it and it's, you know, it's happening. So I'm, I, that's something I want to watch. I want to see where that goes and what, what kind of opportunities come out of that specifically maybe for radio. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to watch um, where that ha- what happens with that and how the listener, how listening changes and how do people consume differently with that smart speaker. It might not change at all, but I, I'm something I want to pay attention to. Uh, the other one, um, obviously, I'm sure you've heard others say, you know, Bitcoin and what's going on with that and potential payment for artists and and copywriting and like a a global system that could, you know, really change the way the music industry functions. I think that's something that definitely I want to continue to follow and watch. And then the other is what I've talked about earlier, VR 360. How can the music industry embrace this technology and make a difference and maybe be in the forefront of how, music is actually represented in that technology music in the past has always been kind of a catch-up the music industry is catch-up on you know what's some of the new bigger technologies you know that have come out if they jump in early on the vr space they might be able to actually dictate how figure out the best ways to consume music in that in that platform i was sadly getting very punny in my head here so i was hearing catch-up so I wasn't sure if you're thinking that music was catching up or that music was like ketchup. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> in some ways, music, well, in some ways, music is a condiment. No, music is not the condiment, but in some cases has been a leading edge. In some cases has been the thing on top that's trying to sell something else. So I was mentally chuckling over ketchup. Have you been spending any time in VR? Um, because of what you're doing with your client and and anything in VR that you're excited about? I am. I definitely have spent some time in VR. I'm learning more every day on it. And the big challenge there is there's, is content, getting enough content to start experiencing what it actually can do. And that's, that's been the challenge I think for a lot of um, production companies and whatnot is just getting, getting some music content out there and getting people to actually look at it and see it. It's, it's a slow go, but I think it, 
you know, when when someone puts on that headset and looks around, they're kind of like, holy crap, what am I, this is crazy. Well, especially some of the music stuff, some of the music immersion experience visualization stuff. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. keep thinking, I wandered into the 60s. And um, I'm glad that I'm just mostly sober going into these experiences. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting right now as to the you walk into now a music experience in VR, be it 360, be it some kind of a visualization, be it several concert spaces I walked into, where you're kind of going, what am I supposed to be doing here? And what am uh -huh. I and, and then sort of thinking about the information they now have, have from my behavior. It's an interesting time to be working with both video and music as well as in immersive spaces in music. Yes. Yes. They have heat maps now where you can get information on where the, you know, the person's spending their time in the video. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they looking at? What are they, are they spending all their time on the keyboard and, you know, the drummer or, you know, you can really, you know, get some really interesting information. And then what do you do with that information? That's going to be. And I, think, and I think that's a thread of the several things you've been talking about is the fact we've got now information and we have context and story and people trying to figure out what this all is when you bring it all together. Yes. Yes. I think it's exciting times. There's a lot to, to sort out and siphon out and clean up and simplify even. Everybody's trying to come up with something. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what sticks in the next two years, in the next five years? What's what's the thing that sticks? Who would have guessed that vinyl would have came back, you know? <laughs> and cassettes. And cassettes. Cassettes kind of blowing my mind. I, I, was, I had plenty of cassettes when I was young, and I'm surprised about that one. What do you listen to? What do you consume? What do I consume? I listen to a lot of uh, emerging artists that, my public radio stations have exposed me to, which is really cool. I have an eight-year-old daughter, so I spend a lot of time with Disney. And that's a way we will wrap up this conversation of all of the ecosystems of music we have covered here. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. And I'm glad I hornswoggled you at, at SF Music Tech into doing this and joining me for it. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in innovating music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.